Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good. We're going to talk about uh, reducing cholesterol here. You know, patients with resistance uh, hypercholesterolemia are increasingly being put on PCSK9 inhibitors, particularly the inhibitor Evolocumab, along with a statin for primary hyperlipidemia or secondary prevention of cardiovascular events. The recommended dose of Evolocumab is 140 milligrams sub-Q every two weeks or 420 milligrams monthly. Both are deemed, I think, to be clinically equivalent. And for the most part, patients tend to tolerate uh, the drugs very well. This week's poem is a meta-analysis that attempts to answer the question, aside from actually lowering serum cholesterol levels, does the combination uh, decrease cardiovascular-related mortality? So it's great if we can lower the cholesterol, but as you've told us repeatedly, the cholesterol is just a number, and what we're looking for is really patient-oriented outcomes. So do these two drugs uh, affect uh, patient-oriented outcomes? The study you're going to review for us is from the BMJ. It was published in their Open Access 2022, and uh, it has an electronic uh, locator, so I'm not going to read it to everyone. Yeah, this was a, a really good study, <clears throat> and I think the uh, the authors are to be commended for their persistence in pursuing this. So the Fourier trial was a large randomized trial that originally did report a small benefit of, of evolucumab, uh, Rapatha, we all know it as, to reduce cardiovascular events when added to a statin in patients who are at high risk of death due to cardiovascular disease. Now, when we wrote the original poem, there was no effect on cardiovascular all-cause mortality, and we pointed that out. This report is a reanalysis of the study. So basically, the US FDA is a little too cozy with drug companies, and they don't like to release clinical trial reports, which are what the drug company submits when they're applying for approval. But they were able to get that report uh, from Health Canada, so Go Canada. Uh, they discovered that the cause of death was determined by the local researcher who was not masked to treatment. And so, the, and so there may have been potential for conscious or unconscious bias. You know, if somebody said, well, they're on this great drug, they couldn't have been a heart attack. Um, you know, that could bias you in one way. So the authors of the reanalysis developed a committee to read the case records of the 870 deaths, 939 pages of narrative of all of the study participants to either confirm or refute the cause of death. <clears throat> so this masked analysis, they didn't know whether they were placebo or rapatha, changed the cause of death, forget this, 41% of the participants. So when they reanalyzed the data, cardiac deaths were actually numerically, not significantly, but numerically higher in the Repatha group than in the placebo group, 113 versus 88. The relative risk was 1.28. The confidence interval, 0.97 to 1.69. The p-value, 0.08. So, you know, uh, not statistically significant by the usual metric, but certainly <laughs> not, not headed in the right direction. So bottom line, published data on the effectiveness of evolucumab to prevent mortality may not have represented the actual data in the study. When the causes of death were re-adjudicated, 
cardiac deaths were higher in the evolucumab group, uh, not quite statistically significantly, though. And you have to wonder whether there was conscious or unconscious bias going on here. Tell me, uh, Mark, what we do with this as a clinician. It's worrisome. You know, I hope somebody will do a new study. But in the meantime, what do we do? Uh, It certainly makes us question the combination. Well, you know, I think one thing that I would like to see is our specialty societies, the American Academy of Family Physicians, the ACP, SIGM, all these groups get together and demand that the FDA make clinical trial reports readily available. They treat them like a proprietary secret, and yet this is information that we need in order to do proper meta-analyses. I did a meta-analysis once of uh, Tamiflu, and of the 11 clinical trials that were done, only three were published. And when you added the eight unpublished in, it completely changed uh, the outcomes. And so, you know, we need to demand that those be readily available. Um, at least Health Canada apparently made it a bit easier. And I think the European Union, the, I can't remember what their drug agency is, European Drugs Agency, Medicines Agency, EMA, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're also being forced to be more transparent. And that's what we need is transparency. Yeah. I mean, we, we have seen some changing uh, I wouldn't call them changing winds, but changing breezes in terms of the government uh, attitudes toward uh, dealing with the drug companies. Perhaps this is something that uh, we can push for, because I do think that not only in this study, but in a lot of studies, having that data will allow uh, a lot more transparency. Anyways, thanks, Mark. We'll talk again in a week. Okay, sounds good. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. Oh, 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 oh,